The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Fed can just print more money out of thin air, but the government's always going to be in debt to the Fed. And welcome to another Monday Night Master Debaters. A great conversation. Uh, we have some new guests, some returning guests, and the usual, Ryan and myself. Uh, welcome back, Thomas, from uh, Paranoid American. Hello, hello. Uh, how's it going, bud? I'm, I'm so happy to have you back on. It's perfect timing, too. And I'll get to that in a second. And welcoming Brandon. Brandon Thomas. Brandon I Thomas. Say. From Expanding Roddy. Right. So we're already, we're already brothers, man. That'll work. <laughs> Good to see you guys, man. Thanks uh, again. This is gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, and I'm I'm trying my best. And and Ryan, don't get mad. I'm trying my best to avoid Ukraine. So we're gonna start away from that. And if it eventually works back to it, so be it. But <laughs> since I have Thomas on, I wanted to ask you because one of the things I was watching cartoons with my son this weekend. And we're watching uh, Phineas and Ferb on Disney, and we, which is kind of a cool concept. These kids are into like science and stuff and time travel and space. And... Actually helped work on that show, by the way. Get out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no shit. That's awesome. Because uh, I'm watching an episode this weekend and, and they did, they had like a little steampunk type episode where, you know, I, I, I being the junkie that I am for like old world stuff. I was like frame by frame, taking pictures and zooming in, trying to see what they threw in there. And then they tied it in with the world's fairs and they, at the, you know, they didn't really get into the world's fair, but they do like a, a, a big uh, outer view. And it's got like a giant statue of basically Columbus. It kind of looked like, uh, and then it showed a Ferris wheel. It had the world's fair sign, like one kind of building in the background. But the kids are walk walk out of the fair and they're like, wow, one thing we learned at the World's Fair is the future is going to be great. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God, I'm like, they just delivered the same message that the fair was delivering. And it got me thinking, like, how much effort er, goes into putting stuff like that into the into the cartoons, you know, like putting subliminal messages and 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 programming things uh i mean if if we're talking about either, either it's traditional animation like hand done frame by frame or even the more you know digital the guys that are doing that animation are staring at these frames for 
You know, it's it's like a general rough idea is like three hours per second or something like that. If you're doing very heavy sort of like frame by frame animation. So you're already spending this much time on the source material. It's not a whole lot of extra effort to throw in like the cool little details that, that you want to throw in. So a lot of the time that stuff gets, you know, gets through pretty easily and the animators get a little bit extra free reign depending on the project, just cause it's so, you know, they're the ones that are staring at those frames for, for weeks and months sometimes. Yeah, that, that's an interesting perspective because you think about it like uh, like an X-Men, like the new ones, the, re, the reiteration, and they have Quicksilver in there and how he like runs super fast, but everyone else is standing still and he's able to do things and manipulate stuff. It's kind of like that. They're able to slip subliminal things in because they're moving at a snail's pace to create this stuff, and then it just either slips by. But I'm with you, man. I, I've always wondered this, how they slip so much of it in, like with all the checkerboard floors, with all of that stuff. I mean, who's, who's going to object to a checkerboard? floor you know yeah a, a lot of these things are like even the the coolest examples are like those classic you know um donald duck ones where they've got the the all-seeing eye and things that literally say yeah. you know ask about illuminati or something yeah. like that i don't know how those ones got through that was you know that's actually pretty fascinating to me oh yeah well and i wondered is it from from a standpoint is it more kind of goofing on it or is there some intention behind it you know, when these guys are putting it out there, is it, and that's, that's kind of what I'm wondering because the kids obviously are the receptors of it. They don't know what they're receiving, but subconsciously it's getting in there. Um, and I've seen in, in multi, you know, SpongeBob's had Freemasons, the Simpsons had Freemasons, you know, and that's kind the of a Connors, common yeah. Yeah, everybody has kind of hit at it. And it, well, because everyone's grandpa was a Freemason. Most people's grandpa was a Freemason at some point down some lineage. So that one's not really. And they always kind of tout themselves as not a secret society, but a society with secrets. But like yeah. the Bavarian Illuminati, uh, again, like any kind of references to that. There's also just recently I've been doing some deep dives and reading old um, newspapers from like the late 1800s, early 1900s. And I found an example of the mascot from Gravity Falls. Uh, I can't remember his name right off the top of my head right now, but he's like the little all-seeing eye pyramid with a top hat um, and like a little cane and like a yeah a yeah yeah or something. Uh, I just can't remember his name right now, but I found an example of that exact sketch, but it was from like 1928 or something. Um, and I thought that was really cool to see something so old, but it was like the exact you know character that we we see in a modern cartoon. So I don't know. And then to go back to your question, I, I don't have any idea on like what the actual motivations were. I just think it's cool as hell. So like if I see, you know, some cartoonist was putting Illuminati stuff in their cartoons and getting people interested in it. So they're talking 100 years later. That's almost like one of my original uh, inspirations and influences was, God, I hope, you know, something I make, people are looking at it in 50 years being like, oh, wow, they snuck this in or whatever, you know. Yeah, there's yeah, a yeah. story, I, I uh, haven't corroborated it, but uh, allegedly the guy that created the barcode was good friends. He was uh, non-denominational or atheist, one, one way or another. And he had a good friend who was very, very Christian. And so he coded in as a joke because of his Christian friend that the base code for all barcodes, the base number is 666, and then it starts. So <laughs> everything that you scan, you're actually buying the Mark of the Beast everywhere, and it was just done as a joke. <laughs> Yeah, it goes off uh, Morse code, right? Like the the dashes, you get like two longer dashes on each side and then uh, one down the middle. So you get six, three sixes. Yeah. That was one of the more interesting things that I found out too about like, know, just, right? yeah, 
It's crazy, dude. So, and as far as those symbols go, like just the weird hidden symbols in in all kinds of different cartoons, even if people don't know what they are, it just does kind of seem like they're just interesting at a subliminal level. You know what I mean? Like you, you see something like the, the pyramid with the eye in it. It's just an interesting thing. Even if someone doesn't know what it is, it's uh, it's one of those things that's really cool. And Matt, I listened to your recent episode. You said fascinating quite a few times in that, dude, with the uh, the 600, uh, the 6 million uh, death. Oh, so, yeah. You know, it's not just me, dude. Shit's fascinating <laughs> out there. It's spreading like wildfire. Episodes. I'm starting to hear it when other people double. say it now, too. I know. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then now to just pop up and then you'll hear yourself say it, it'll fall out of your face. And that's one of those episodes you just tell people, look, just take a bong rip every time I say fascinating. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah basically. Make a game out of it. Yeah. Whoever can get the correct count of how many times I say fascinating in here, comment it as a. Uh, uh, what is that promotion on Apple? What do they call that? Well, like the review review. God damn it. Yeah. Post, post the number of times I say fascinating as a review and you win a hat. <laughs> or or we could just say replace where I say fascinating with bullshit because that's what I really wanted to say, but I couldn't say it considering the topic we were dealing with. And I, cause I want to see how long that episode will stay up. I hope they don't take it down, but it may get taken down eventually. Who knows? Yeah, that's a I thing. Like I'll, I'll have people on my show and I'm just like, nope, too hot for YouTube. Got it. And so I just put them on the website for free and I call <laughs> too it too spicy. hot for YouTube. <laughs> well, did you uh, guys know that? I don't know if yeah. you know, but on uh, Spotify now, they have a COVID-19 uh, banner they put on certain episodes. Oh, okay. So listen to those then. Yeah, yeah. So like it's funny because like, out of mine, almost all of the master debaters have the COVID warning. And I didn't know about it. Somebody told me about it because I don't usually use Spotify, but then I noticed it on Rogan has it too now on his. So everybody on Spotify is getting the uh it's like the Instagram little flag on the bottom. Isn't that fascinating though? Like, like now you've got all these experts that are weighing in on all of the topics that you guys are talking about. Right. It is freaking weird, dude. And it, why is it such a big deal? Like that was one thing. I, well, never mind. We'll talk about that later. I, there's one thing that's just really interesting about experts weighing in on stuff that like I consider myself stupid, dude. Like yep. and if I'm disagreeing with with uh, like these experts and then they're getting upset about that, it's like, dude, maybe I'm not that stupid after all. But I mean, I still think I'm stupid. <laughs> It's it's just that Chinese mindset, you know, of censorship, of anything that goes counter narrative is just getting first it's getting labeled. Then what they do, you know, because I've noticed this on Instagram now, one of the things that they're doing is they'll put the banner on your thing and then six to eight months later, they'll come back and say, oh, this violates our policy and give you, you know, oh, well, now you're uh, at risk of having your account deleted. And it's this little game they play because the, the bar is constantly changing. So everyone is in trouble if that's the case, because eventually they're going to change the bar to to encapsulate everybody at, at some point in time. So oh, and just wait until they implement some kind of actual like social credit score. And, you know, they've got the receipts of all your social media activity for the past 20 years. And they'll be like, you know. You know, uh, the last five years, you've been acting fine. But if we add the last 15 in here, you know, your rating got bumped down to like a two. And now yep. you're sort of an undesirable. So there goes your PayPal access and your Google access and everything else. 
Well, and that's one of the more outrageous things about what's going on right now is just the straight up cancellation of stuff for people. Like all, all, all of these people who want nothing to do with borders in our country, you know, wanted all these heavy protections. Uh, and now all of a sudden this little country across in Europe, now their borders matter, their national sovereignty matters and, you know, everything else that, and, and all of a sudden, where did Dr. Fauci go? Anybody notice that? That he's gone. He got down. Yeah. Spring break, well, maybe. The, he, he tapped in uh, Bill Gates, right? Yeah, like they're playing kind of like WWF classic tag team here. Yep. They tapped in Putin. Uh, Putin cured COVID. This is what we were just talking about on Union. Uh, it's That's done for now, and then they'll bring it back later on when it's useful. Um, and then we were also talking, to, I mean, I don't know how, if you guys want to launch into that, but it, it's wild. And I mean, of course, it's a huge distraction. So I'm just curious, like, what's what when they throw that in your face, it's like, OK, COVID's done. So mandates and all that stuff are gone for the most part. And then now we're we're upset uh, that Ukraine's got something going over there. So that's what they're wanting us to look at. And they're obviously steering the narrative for you. So what's going on back here? You know, whenever that explodes over there, I'm like, hang on, what's going on over there? That's what they don't want. What are we what are we supposed to be looking at? And that's an interesting point. And I think that's where we got to still keep our eyes on the World Economic Forum. You know, I I think if you get distracted from them before you know it and I got some uh, clips we can play (laughs) or whatever or, or go check out my Instagram. I just posted a video and I don't I don't know the guy's name. He's a redheaded conservative. He might be on. Uh, Alex Jones's channel, Ryan. JP. Yeah, JP. He did this. Yeah, Yeah. he did this like 15 minute video on Schwab and his little counterparts. Uh, You know, these guys are just talking about, you know, turning, changing humans. First of all, that's how they introduce it. And then it goes into his counterpart who's talking about how you know, you're going to be this way and you're going to like it. You know, we never had the opportunity to get to this point before, but this virus situation was the best way for us to sneak it in. And now it's in here and we can do whatever we want. Well, yeah, I get a great weird, reset. yeah. Well, I, I mean, I get a weird vibe from those kinds of comedians that are uh, real political heavy. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of is because is it normalizing it or is it making fun of it to expose how goofy it is you know what i mean like that you can see it both ways and that was the thing that i kind of like censored myself from saying earlier is that you know if if what putin is saying is so bad why can't we hear what he's saying i mean you can't you can't really hear a putin speech anywhere so if he's sitting out there and he's saying fuck ukraine fuck you know the united states fuck nato but we can't hear it I mean, maybe he's not saying stuff like that. Maybe he's saying some unique stuff. And I've actually heard some of his speeches. I mean, Infowars, you brought that up, Matt. They uh, aired one of his speeches and they had a translator, right? Um, he didn't seem like he was really going off the rails. He doesn't seem like this well, mad let's, man. Get, let's get something clear with someone that's been in power for as long as he has with a fucking record that dwarfs the whole Bush family added together in terms of intelligence and secret societies and whatnot. So I would assume that Putin would have, you know, the, the most masterful skills of rhetoric out of almost anyone on the planet when it comes to sort of any kind of public statements, you know what I mean? Like he, like if, if there was a fucking Michael Jordan or a Bruce Lee of, you know, propaganda, I would have to assume that Putin is, is like the living, 
you know, record holding fucking gold medalist right now. Oh, sure. Well, yeah, I mean, he and he I mean, he's killed dozens, if not hundreds of people with his own hands. I mean, this dude was an operator, right? Not uh, in, in the KGB. You know, Bush right, was right. a CIA administrative guy, right? I yeah, mean, he was the head of the jockey, CIA. Yeah, he, yeah. yeah. Who knows what he, what he was actually a part of? Um, you had, uh, you know, Permindex with the J because he gets blamed with the JFK murder, right? With like, uh, you know, some documentaries pin him as like the guy. Yeah, but that it's, really that's, it. it's tangential, right? It's like anyone that had anything to do with it pulled the trigger. That That's kind of the, the angle of a lot of those documentaries. Well, I mean, have you looked into Permindex and like the whole connection with them and the founder of Permindex? It seems like he's kind of at the top of that whole JFK thing. Yeah. Dude, we can go so deep on JFK because I've been working on a book uh, about JFK for the last like two and a half years, but it's on a, a totally different tangent um, from the Bush family. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a weird, weird situation, man. Um, but there, the, the whole narrative with that Ukraine ship just doesn't make sense. If this was a, about conquering and about war, it would be over already. I mean, the, some of the weapons that Russia has, dude, I don't know if you guys have heard of the uh, the Hell Reaper. Have you heard of this plane? Is the that Hell the one that, that blanked out our warship? It, it, it blanked out all the screens when it flew overhead? It could have been because what it does, it flies low and it shoots an ultra, like a supersonic uh, way. Well, it should have killed all the people in the ship if that if it was actually the Hell Reaper because what it does, it flies over... Like if it flew over a building, the building gets like evaporated, supposedly. You know what I mean? And it, oh, it sounds no, no. like this was a different plane, but this was a plane they were talking about uh, that. In, this is from 2018. It flew over one of our warships near the Black Sea and it blanked out all of the uh, comms on the ship as it flew overhead. And they had yeah. no clue what it was. You know, it was they knew it was a Russian jet, obviously, but they don't know what it did that jammed. We, we've all, all their... got the craziest fucking toys that are so undisclosed. You know what I mean? Like what once there's an actual conflict between superpowers and they start breaking out their new toys that no one's seen uh, yet. That's when shit's going to start getting, you know, the, the little fucking Boston mechanics uh, dog robots that you kick over. Like, I'm sure that they've got those things weaponized and ready to go for whenever that that a uh, skirmish starts you know yeah a but do you, like, you think that millie's gonna be the one to activate that shit i think not dude no i, I think, think they'd let us i think they'd roll over and let us let them fucking take us man this government that we have right now i think they'd let the chinese i don't think they'd let the russians i think they'd put up some sort of fight with the russians you but, think so yeah i think they for face value uh but i don't see any fight against the chinese i think yeah they would glad they would just open their arms for them to walk in here at least this administration, they've shown nothing to prove otherwise. Well, why would why would China even want to attack when they own most of the, the land and the companies they'd be attacking, right? <laughs> well, it's the yeah infiltration over invasion, right? And and that's right, right. the strategy they implied, and they just did it. Okay, we don't have to go. Same thing, Russia. You know, Russia pulled the same trick. It's what Bezmenov talked about, right? The four steps, and. You know, we're at step three or four right now in this country before it goes full blown communist. And they didn't have to shoot a shoot a gun. They didn't have to launch a missile. Nothing. It was all done through infiltration and, you know, propaganda. Yeah, well, dude, there's a, the big push for the nuclear scare. I mean, there's so many weapons that are that have the same effects of a nuclear weapon without the radioactive fallout. Right. Like the cesium 137 and all that scary stuff that sticks around for a while. There's there's like the rods from the gods, like the, the you know, Project Thor, 
right? I mean, the, the United States has that. And then Russia has similar stuff. But um, I feel like they're kind of like trying to prop that up, that idea, so that, you know, if there was some massive explosion, we would automatically think nuclear war. And I mean, it's just something to keep people afraid. Yeah, but it's an it's another boogeyman, right? And that's all exactly. they ever throw at us are these boogeymen. It's like it's like the virus that was a boogeyman. It's like terrorism. It's not something tangible. It's this idea that you're fighting against. Yeah, it's like Sam yeah. Tripoli's haunted house thing. Like that's what this whole place is, even spiritually. <laughs> like they can't really do anything to you. Like it's just a haunted house that you're walking through, and yeah. they jump out and they go, "Ha ha, uh, COVID." And you're yeah. Like, no, thank you. No, all I'm right, good. Right, yeah. And uh, so there's no real impact to you. You have to. Well, like, the impact is if you overreact, just like in a haunted house. If you you punch the guy when he jumps out, you know sometimes they'll punch you back and you'll get kicked <laughs> out, and maybe like yeah, law the law gets called, and then you go to jail. So it's kind of similar in that regard. It definitely is. And so to that, like Gordon White says, he says, um, your reaction to the crisis is part of the crisis. So you engaging in it from either direction is still energy that you're adding to the system that simply requires energy. It doesn't care where it's from. Uh, it prefers the taste of negative energy, but positive energy being fed into a system with fear as the intent is still negative energy you know, or low vibrational energy. I kind of come at this from many angles, guys. Nice to meet you. Uh, so it, it seems that uh, this may be part of what's going on here. I don't know. No, I love that. I think that's 100% one of the things in play. I mean, the, the whole kind of like... Um, process of energy and where it flows is something that you can kind of see go through media and industry and it's almost like this this pattern that you can kind of follow with your eyes in uh in kind of like a not a literal sense you know but it's it's so tangible that you can see um like the narratives they're going to start coming and then the the expected emotional response that they're going for and some people kind of just feed into it because you know it's when when you know the audience is expecting a certain reaction from you some people play into it because it's so much easier and you get to play along and you get the reaction if if you just deadpan it or you don't give the reaction you kind of have to deal with that awkward you know silence afterwards yeah and think about that now scale that up to a global scale mm -hmm. so that same model works with all of this so it's just like i said an energetic system so if you go after people to scare the shit out of them, now they're engaged in it. But when they pass on it, it's kind of like somebody that just ghosts you or something. You're just like, fine, not interested. I'll just run to the next person. Ha ha. And they're like, ah. And you're like, yeah. So this is maybe how it works. And just simply by not participating in it is how it dies. Well, they're constantly popping new things up. And this is what we were just talking about. And there's a lot of the historical amnesia that goes on with our species, especially the 80% of it that's not asking the kind of questions that we are. And so there's like this, um, it's like they have fucking memento disease or something. They can't remember that this just fucking happened. Uh, also, the example I just used was um, how they uh, sway our past. Um, and Matt, you definitely know this. That, uh, there are color photos of Malcolm X and Martin Luther King Jr., but they don't show you those. It's a psychological reason. Uh, they've had To make you feel like it's so much longer, right? Yes, and so you're yeah. further disconnected from that atrocity, right? And so this is the whole thing about people putting out pictures now of their uh, of integration times because they're scared that they're going to see their grandma like pelting some kid with a rock. You know what I mean? Because it was <laughs> not that long ago. And, but it's another psych psychological way that they use to manipulate your perception of your reality. And so this is, again, why I kind of tie energy into it. Because, again, I kind of filter this through a lot of different perspectives. Yeah, buddy. Well, I, and this no, sounds I, a lot to me. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, Thomas. I was going to say, it sounds a whole lot like compartmentalization by design. Um, but even before we started recording this, Matt, 
we were mentioning like kind of different national uh, nationwide tragedies that sort of like shaped our worldviews. Right. And I'm a kind of a firm believer that we sort of all live from trauma to trauma. So you brought up like 9-11 and then it was, um, you know, the WMD and we went into war. So like by kind of setting these milestones of different traumas, you can kind of like trap that energy and that feeling in there. So like we just got over COVID, right? We just got over it. So that gets capped by the beginning of COVID and the beginning of whatever this, you know, national, this uh, international conflict that started. So all that energy built up and, and all of that stress around COVID is kind of like locked into that little compartmentalized, you know, section of our lives. And now we're onto this other thing, but they can easily tap back into these little compartments, you know, in the future. So like, oh, I want to go back into that fear that we had between year 2000, you know, 2020 and 2022. Well, let me just like evoke some of those kind of same phrases and the same imagery and bam, you're right back in it. And they've kind of like already worked you into that frenzy. They can tap back into it. Like it's just a resource that they've kind of invested in everybody. And they do it every year by remembering it. That's like the thing. They memorialize it every single year. So it's like, and loose trap. It's like a magic ritual, trap. right? You're, just yes. con- you're constantly reinforcing Absolutely, it to man. kind of keep that energy, you, you know, reverberating it. through history. Well, and, yeah. and in between the too, they, they and- bombard you with alternate potential death threats. You know, oh, yeah. it's not enough that we have the wars, then there's different virus threats, right? It would, you know, whether it's Ebola or, or any of these different that we've, we've seen since 2000, basically every year. Anyone different. remember the avian bird flu of like 2000 and what, three or four, and everyone was scrambling to go and buy Tama flu um, yeah. and like get stockpiles of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's, it's very cyclical. Yeah. We, we, yeah. And, but people, like Brandon was saying, people forget. They're so forgetful. Like I know people that, I mean, it's funny because uh, my, my son does uh, local sports here. So it's a fairly small area. So one, our towns work together for certain programs and there was this combination of towns and we had to go to this one town that was, you know, our first game of the season, we go into the gym and, and this lady was like the mask queen like if you did not have it snug to your nose she was going to scream at you and i laugh at these stupid games so i kept it on my chin almost all day and my son does the same thing and i don't object at all and uh so she started going after my wife or ex-wife in the stands about my son uh having to come sit out and i'm like no 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 i'm like this is ridiculous i'm like we're not playing your game I'm like, he's here. I'm like, nobody's going to hear here is going to get sick. He's not sick. So don't worry. Just mind your business and let's go along. And she starts yelling at me. If he doesn't fix it, he's going to get thrown out and you're going to get thrown out too. And I'm like, okay, I love threats. I'm always for a good threat. I just want to see the action. Um, <laughs> so needless to say, we made it through. No, but fast forward a month later, almost to the day we're at baseball now in a, in a same environment no masks, no nothing. And I just walked by her today and I go, what changed? She goes, what do you mean? I go, all of a sudden, I'm not a threat to you now. I don't have a mask on. What changed? And she's like, oh, the rules. And I was like, okay, there we go. Yep. 
Yep. Daddy oh, I'm told sorry. You I'm no rules. longer participating in that mass hallucination. You know, I, I stopped that last Thursday. We're good. Oh, man. It's that's just the thing. And that's at like 80%, you know, and they just get tapped on the shoulder. They're just minding their own business, buying their stuff, you know, and making sure they can upgrade their TV every month. And then they get tapped on the shoulder and somebody hands them a flag or a sticker or a pin that says, here's what we're doing now. Oh, we're not, we're not doing this one anymore. Oh, okay. Here, let me check that off. Yep. Oh, oh, you got it. And then they just, uh, you know, walk on and then they just remind each other, Hey, we're, we're doing this, this time. Oh, okay. Got it. And so that's, that's it. They just have to be cattle guarded into an area to where they're safe. They're distracted, bread and circus. And then they get tapped on the shoulder. Hey, represent this at all costs because we've trained you with the fluoride and the MK ultra techniques, uh, to be just super passive, but also very aggressive whenever we want you to be. And, uh, the Dunning Kruger effect is super strong. So this works out great. It's like, check, uh, this just incredible population, uh, that's, uh, very interesting challenge for us who are here uh, maybe on a different path. But to what these people or these things do, um, I kind of look at it like this is why the predictive program is is so interesting. And again, we were just talking about this as fresh topics, uh, is that they're making it look like a war with Russia would be super fucking easy because they're like, oh, yeah, all this dead is hiding it. And they're finding these crematoriums and all these kids crying on TV and shit. Um but it's it's like a it's another form of propaganda. It's already in the playbook. Historical amnesia. Uh, Charlie Robinson brought this up. Bolshevik Revolution. They did the same exact thing. And you know, there's only only so many stories that you can tell. And so for these people, though, again, these all of these MK Ultra tactics, which were not Nazi adopt, adopted tactics, uh, work great. And they've you know calcified the pineal glands of everyone um, and detached everyone from their authenticity. Not everyone. I'm generalizing. I'd say about eighty percent. Uh, from their authenticity, and that's why they're so easily manipulatable. And so uh, that's what that's what we've got right now. Now, the I'm a chronic optimist. I don't think as a doomsday deal. Uh, I I think that at a high level, if you zoom out far enough, we are all of this. So we're all sides. So actually, the bad side or the lizard shitheads uh, actually kind of motivate change, and they motivate um, dissonance to create uh, harmony. Really through change, because we just got too comfortable. We got too oh yeah real housewives of whatever is fucking dope and that's all we want to do and so it's kind of a it's it instigated this movement at this celestial time i mean there's a lot going on right now so it's just kind of interesting to see um how all this is playing out for sure yeah it's 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 wild because i don't i don't know where i think it's going you know, I, I know where they want to take it, right? We know where, where they want to get to, but I, I don't see how they get there. Um, you know, their best they get there play. By the 80%. What's that? They get there by the 80%. That's what the, that's what the yeah. programming is all about. Cause they can manipulate them into creating the reality into manifesting the reality that they want. Cause they're not creators themselves. They're here to manipulate Yeah, as the idea goes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. It's it's the whole we've always been at war with Eurasia sort of mentality, right? There's there's also Are you, a, dude. Yes. Well, and, and you if go. you think about it this way too, this kind of blows my mind because uh, going back into COVID, as I was growing up, and all you guys, could you imagine having two years of those most formative years of your life in elementary school or middle school or, or high school? You know, like take any two years consecutively in any of those sort of grade levels and just imagine you spend those entire two years isolated at home watching mom and dad on zoom meetings with masks and like not interacting with the outside world and now like that's going to be the the standard there's going to be this whole new generation of kids that grew up with that as 
their norm and that was like their formative years and who knows what they might be thinking is you know normal or baseline in 20 years from now or something when they're all getting out of high school and into college and entering the world and making decisions um you know like they, they might be able to if you're playing the long game right they're playing the uh like the the wolf and sheaves uh clothing kind of game they could easily you know revoke this back in in 30 or 40 years and kind of um, you know, play to a different audience. It's it's a lot more welcoming than we are. Mm. Yeah, it's got to be like that. Uh, like the the preliminary things for social credit score. It seems like. I mean, I watched that uh, the Black Mirror episode where the the redhead chick is obsessed with social media and everyone's like scanning each other and that she's trying to get up to four point whatever stars so that she can buy this house and like her life's going to get completely better once she's able to do this. And it's kind of like, it, that seems like the future society, man. Like it really does. It just seems like we're getting to a place where we care more about what's going on online. I mean, more people film a fight than help. Right. And, and break it up. And it's just like, we're going to get to a point where like content is all that's going to matter. And your social media is going to be the only thing that makes people feel important at all. And I think that those people that really feel like they have a role in telling people to wear a mask or, or, you know, asking people to stand back or whatever, those are the people that are really going to be, you know, subjected to falling victim of the whole shit that's trying to be pushed. You know what I mean? Well, like the whole idea of. Yeah, no. Right. That, and that's crazy because you think about who's really impacted and it's the kids. Right. Because yeah. they don't know any better and they're growing up in this thinking this is normal, you know, and then some, you think of the even younger kids. Uh, I, I'm talking the where they're at their developmental years um, babies, and, and not seeing any facial expressions whatsoever. We don't yeah. we have no idea what kind of impact that's going to have on kids. I mean, the, be I sociopaths. Mean yeah, I, I could be convinced that this might actually be some form of like a mass experiment on, you know, public education, just just to see, you know, what happens if we block facial expressions for kids going through development. Uh, let's find out, you know, it's, yeah, it's, can we, it's no can different we than doing, you know, dropping them. Right. I mean, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. You know, if they're willing to blow up clouds of LSD and like subway stations on, you know, unwitting people um in mass then there's really nothing that they wouldn't be willing to try just to see what happens well it's crazy because in new york city right now they've they've gotten rid of all of the mask mandates everything except for preschoolers and nursery schools for the, so the young young kids and they're like well we're gonna wait to see what happens in the school system before we decide what we do with these very young developing kids <laughs> i mean that's just straight up torture yeah dude yeah it's gonna be really really interesting to see how that plays it out in a few years you know what i mean there's no there's no telling because there's no well and you know you so who i forget who it was that mentioned the bolshevik stuff i mean these these kinds of kids are going to be the same as those kids during the bolshevik revolution where like they're they're turning in their parents you know they, well, they trust the government and they trust authoritative figures more so than their own parents you know what i mean that shit that hillary clinton said it takes a village i know she didn't coin the term I don't know if Saul Alinsky did or who actually coined the term, you know, it takes a village to, to you know, raise a child um, that they're programming that in the kids, dude. They're trying to tell kids that, hey, your parents really don't know as much as as we do 
as a collective and you need to take the information that we give you and, um, you know, we'll teach you how to think and we'll teach you how to implement this thought process into your everyday life. And if you see anything that that deviates from these ones and zeros, then, you know, act on it, you know, either report it or do something. Well, and again, that's a total inversion, right? Yeah, because we are meant to be raised by villages. The whole the whole purpose of having the village was that the elders would raise the children the parents would go do the work and then the knowledge would be essentially just continuously passed on. And so what we're being told now is no, 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 get away from your own family. Let's go to other families that are broken, other people that are broken and let's get rid of all of this tradition. And we're going to rewrite everything. And this I mean, is at least the, gonna... the village from, from that sort of phrase, the, you know, when you apply to a national scale, it never works. If it's yeah, an actual village, it's like this self-sustained, you know, they all have a common goal. They're probably yeah. have rapport with each other. You know, it's that they're all working for the betterment of the village. But when you start talking about public schools and raising your kids in public schools, I don't see that as a village anymore. Now it's like, it's just this, the state in this big brutalist, you know, nondescript gray building with just endless always. That's kind of the the village that we're talking about right now. Yeah, those villages, so to speak, back then, right? I mean, those those people, you, you could leave your kid with any of those people that were part of that village, and they wouldn't mess with the kid, you know what I mean? But now you can't leave your kid with, with someone that's a part of your quote-unquote village, which would be our state or a city at the very least. There's a lot of fucking weird people in each one of our cities, you know what I mean? So, like, you can't just choose a random person like you could in one of these villages back in the day well, and and on top of that if, if you just were like a little bit weird in the village you know for for better or worse but if you were just a little bit of an outcast and had different uh thoughts and got ostracized like you're no longer eating yeah. or sleeping or having access to commerce or you might be just absolutely screwed here um you know if, if you get ostracized you can just move a town over or especially holy ha- you know, shit, if you got a government job and you've got tenure uh, working in the public school system, then th- there's no kind of sense of being ostracized out of it. You just move to another school and, and you know, spread your, your shitty seed all over again. Yeah, I don't think anyone really gets ostracized anymore, right? I mean, it's not, it's it's like politically incorrect. There's a that. support group for everyone. So for yeah. anything that you can get criticized for these days, you're gonna find a whole support group that's like, no, what you did was right. You know, no matter how good or bad, whatever you did. Yeah um you know there's it's fucking crazy like you're gonna find a a support group for any fucking weird behavior uh that you've got out there yeah well as a founding member of the grower not a shower club you guys come (laughs) on out uh we got you covered but uh back to what uh matt said dude uh ryan you nailed it with that man and um you guys are absolutely right it's that it's that level of indoctrination and it's the perturbance of the natural law this is what we're experiencing and this is why, I'm, for for the most part, I hope people are at least now, like nobody knows what the hell's going on, right? Really going on here. But what you can determine based on uh, just your discernment that you're equipped with for dealing with this place or navigating this place, I'll say, uh, you can see what's not true. And so that is where you just go, got it. And so this perturbance you're talking about, man, I've been saying it uh, for a while now that it's everything yelling at you for your attention is an inversion of reality. So just as you said, um, back in the day with these villages in ancient times, like we're talking about more communal and even uh, nomadic living situations, yes, the elderly raised the children and stayed home because they you know, couldn't physically go out and do these things. They had the middle folk to do that while their kids were being watched in this situation. But what 
modern society has done since the early 19, I mean, industrial revolution is they yanked everybody out of those type situations and they put them in cities to be workers and slaves. And we all know this, but what it's done is, is it's eliminated the idea of that lifestyle being practical and something that can be, be implemented properly. Now, I think that on a, another level, they know that things are moving into that direction to where we either need to be completely controlled or we just do our own damn thing because there's a breaking point occurring here. And so what they're doing is they're offering us a perturbance of natural law that, that, we, that they've groomed the society we have now to be accommodating for because they want everything handed for them. They don't want to have to go forage. They don't even know how to fucking do that. They don't know how to survive. They need a system, but now they introduce this idea of a community system that you'll just, you know, you'll own nothing and you'll love it. Um, that type of an idea. I think you're going to see a split. I think that you're going to see these smart cities pop up, and then you're also going to have these communal areas. And I think if that's something that occurs, kind of best of both worlds. You know, uh, those people get what they want in that city, in that environment. We, you know, the people that choose a different lifestyle have a place where they can safely do that. And you just kind of exist, man. You know, maybe that's it. Maybe just that's what this is for. It's just some huge chess game to gather as many pieces, which are batteries to them, uh, you know, uh, energetic points that are contributing energy to a system, no matter what the form that takes or what they manipulate it to look like. But then you're basically gathering all of these pieces and then they establish these zones and it's like, okay, well, my pieces align with me and they're ready for my communal aspect, which is you own nothing and you'll love it and we're vaccinate the hell out of you. You're going to wear a mask or a butt plug if we tell you to. And then they stick them in these cities and cool, nice. Now they're all over there and we're over here. But what does that you know look like? Where does that leave us? So, I mean, when you look at things like that from that perspective, it's, it's, it's kind of like, what do you do? I mean, what do you guys think about that? I was going to say, you know, you, you hit on something right there with the system talk, right? I mean, like, you know, these people that, that operate well in the system that we have, they learned how to operate well like that through the school system. Mm -hmm. And they learn how to operate like, you know, you get a good grade on the test and then you're good to go, right? I mean, like the people that tend to be more, quote unquote, educated, honestly, they're more liberal. Usually they support big government, things like that. Right. I mean, like my cousin, my old co-host, for example, extremely book smart guy. But as when it comes to, to common sense, uh, I'm not even talking shit about him. He just he doesn't have the, the level of common sense that I do. And I'm not saying I'm like some like street genius. Right. It's just like like I've I've seen how things work kind of from like all different levels as a as a kid and then now as an adult. Um, but like he can, he can recite like, you know, mathematic formulas and shit that I just don't even know. So these people that tend to get good grades, they tend to support, you know, big government. And, and that's kind of interesting to think about that, you know, the people that aren't so book smart kind of are more libertarian. They kind of tend to be more, and that's not the, a, a rule by any means, but it just seems like if you were to grab a handful of C, D and F students, and then a handful of like A and B students, most of those uh, A and B students are going to be liberals and they're going to like be city dwellers. And then, you know, the, the CDF people are probably going to a lot of times be in the country or they're going to like strive to have that kind of life where they have more freedom. There's a big variation here too, to, to add into that, Ryan. And that's the, if you were homeschooled, now all of a sudden you can flip that on its head because a lot of homeschoolers that are extremely well-educated and come out, um, don't kind of come out as liberal. They kind of, um, come out of the end of that process more libertarian and independently, you know, free thinking. See, that's interesting because like he was homeschooled. You know what I mean? My 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 cousin that I'm referring to here, 
That's so it's interesting. Hilarious. He does have libertarian tendencies. And stuff. I would have, I would have pictured obviously... him as a Catholic school kid, you know? Well, they were very religious, but um, it wasn't Catholic. It was uh, non-denominational, I believe. It might have been something Methodist or something else. But, yeah. you know, it, it, it's just interesting. And obviously, like I just said, you know, it, it's not like a this fits everyone. Right. It's just it, it seems to be that you find mostly these highly educated people seem to be liberal from what I've experienced. Now, your guys' experience may be different. Well, and, and they do. Go ahead. Sorry, Brandon. No, please, please. I was just saying they we were mentioning them kind of flocking to cities and having this schism between uh, the cities and maybe the more rural. And I'm a little bit more of a pessimist than you are, Brandon, when it comes know, to that, it's, because it's okay. the, the, way, the way that I see it is that the, the cities is where it's a lot more convenient to service people. Um, because now it's a lot more, you've got less kind of real estate, um, you've got more services competing, this whole like software as a service, which is replacing physical goods, you know, like you get everything through Netflix and Spotify, you don't own the CDs or the DVDs or anything like that anymore. Um, and, and that kind of mentality is going to be centralized into these cities. But then once the, the companies and the services that are providing all of this to the cities and the rural once they decide to flip that switch and say, you know what, it's a whole lot more convenient if we just provide our services to these cities where everyone's nice and close together and we don't have to roll out infrastructure. And, you know, we don't really feel like rolling out more optical uh, fiber out into the boondocks. So anyone that lives outside of, you know, these epicenter of like mega cities, you're just not going to get the same level of service or it's going to be a lot more expensive. And you can already find that if you try to move out into the middle of nowhere and then you want internet, you know, you've got Starlink and satellite and then paying a company to, you know, like 200 grand on the cheap end to come and roll out, you know, service into your, your plot of land in the middle of nowhere. So I think that's is what's going to start spiraling out of control where people are going to like right now you live in the city because it's convenient, but who knows in like 40 or 50 years, you might have to move to the city because you just don't have the means to provide for yourself outside of, you know, these convenient zones that, you know, Uber just doesn't deliver any of your goods to anymore. So good luck getting it. Well, and with the way they're manipulating the real estate market, I I can totally see that happening. You know, I mean, there is such, it's so funny watching them play with it because you see as soon as stuff comes up, it is like swarmed on by people and you wonder who's playing and, and talking to some people involved, there's definitely some foreign interests that have uh, as well as domestic interests, you know, companies that are buying up anything they can at this point. And, and we've seen that through like Blackwater or uh, BlackRock and, and all those companies too, where Blackwater too. Well, yeah, Blackwater. Well, does Blackwater exist anymore? After, after <laughs> who knows? Apparently not, but I think that they probably do. They just rebrand until that's you don't all they do, it. right? Yeah. yeah. Dude, yeah, the I, fucking the 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 death of like, you know, TV where you had to like try and have fun. Like you mentioned the streaming stuff. Like that all started with TiVo, dude. Yep. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of crazy to think back. Like TiVo was the beginning of the end for like the the whole era where. TV meant something, you know what I mean? Like it was kind of cool to to have a show that you really enjoyed and you had to make sure that you were in front of your TV to watch that show. It, it was very ephemeral, right? Way. Like like there might be, a, I still have like a nightmare when I was a tiny little kid and there was an episode of like Inspector Gadget on and he like pointed out the, the claw agent or something ahead of time. I'd never seen it before. And, you know, I had to like go and 
and do something, you know, do your homework or whatever. And I remember like that feeling of like, I'm never going to see this again. I'm never going to know how this ends because it's <laughs> yeah, never going to be on again, you know? Yeah, it's crazy. And then they started selling the, the shows on DVD and all that stuff. It's just kind of weird how that stuff changes. Cause yeah, like even those, and th those things were meaningless, right? I mean, TV shows, when you look at the big yeah, picture, yeah, yeah. are meaningless, but um, it, it did kind of fulfill you. So if something fulfills you, it it, it, is, it is kind of like, well, shit, is this meaningless or is this meaningful to me? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm fully streaming... MK Ultra brain programmed from, you know, 80, like 80s and 90s TV. Like I'm all in, you know? <laughs> yeah, dude. It's oh, crazy. Especially Same the 80s music. cartoons. I mean, growing up Saturday morning cartoons, that's what we did. It was like, oh, yeah. that was I mean, they were cool. literally created to program you to buying the toy. Like they would make yeah. the toy first and then make the cartoon. And, yeah. you know, they, they had to write laws around it afterwards. Like we don't even get a, like our kids don't get toys in their cereal because that was also kind of designed for us and maybe our parents, uh, which was like this whole other level of direct marketing right to, you know, when, when your head is still super soft, you can get all that bullshit in there, like without even trying. Well, dude, I always say that the like the uh, the cigarette is like the best product ever created for the producer. Like you need one every five, 10 minutes. Right. I mean, like they, they last five or 10 minutes. You're holding it. It's like a ritualistic thing. You take it out of the pack, you light it, you're smoking. And then like 30 minutes later, you want another one. So it's a very, very efficient product. And the toy in the fucking cereal box that represents the cartoon that you're watching on Saturday morning is the kid version of that, dude. That's a really interesting well, thing. Well, remember um, the, the Camel Cash or the, the Marlboro Miles? Yes. And you would like peel off the side of the Marlboro Miles and turn it in for like a dartboard or a pool board or like uh, that. Yeah, dude, that I mean, that was legit, you know, um, toys for for grown ups smoking cigarettes at that point. <laughs> it's yeah, the same dude. incentivization program. Yeah. Well, and that was big in the 80s with everything, right? It was collect your UPCs and you could send, like, I remember G.I. Joe would do it. You get a certain amount, you could send it in for like a limited edition character, like the fridge or something like that. And uh, yeah, they had to. It had to be more tactile. Yep. Uh, like nowadays, I, I don't, you know, uh, I'm a grown ass man and there's nothing wrong if you want to do it. But now I just, we happen to walk by and uh, we're buying toys for our nephews or something. And I was looking at the toy aisle, toy aisle. Cause when I was younger, dude, it was all X-Men and it was action figures. It was awesome. Uh, the good nineties X-Men too. Uh, so, but you walk by now and it's a brilliant <laughs> marketing move. I don't know if you guys have seen this for your kids. Maybe if you buy an action figure, it'll have the arm or like the left butt cheek of another action figure in it. And you have to buy like 10 of them to assemble like a bigger, one of the team you know what i mean so you actually have to buy them all if you want the whole dude otherwise you got to have like amputee hulk you know because you didn't you couldn't it's <laughs> out of stock you know what i mean and so it's weird how they do this but it had to be more tactile back then because they they got you directly they had to i just wanted to say something back to the uh idea of this split thing because there's a little i just want to make sure that i'm clear on it the uh the thing I want to make sure that we all kind of look at is we'll keep the technology. It's an ideological split. It's basically like, let's say lizard people are tired of fighting people like us. And let's say we're kind of getting over. We could see spending our time better than fighting lizard people. And there's some sort of cosmic agreement to where they're like, fine, you guys go over there. You get Netflix and shit, too. And you get forests 
And then you guys come over here uh, because you guys are totally cool with this. We're just going to kind of go play in our own yards kind of a thing. But there'd be, you know, some crossover. But that would be like the ultimate great reset. Now, again, I'm a boundless optimist, but I don't know. Now, other thing is, is I live in the country. My wife and I live on 12 acres in Millsap, Texas, population 460, I think, at this time. We're in a non-incorporated city. And I'm streaming live right now. I mean, we, you know, have all the accoutrement you do want for nothing. Uh, and you definitely don't want for the city because we never want to move back there. Like it has changed our lives, uh, absolutely changed our lives. And so it is something that whenever you experience that kind of life and you go against the totalitarianism that's being pushed right now, then it is something that's far more appealing. And I think that there's a lot of things that the city offered that my wife and I would trade a million of in a heartbeat to live where we do. And if you've experienced that, and you know, coming from that to something like this, then it's it's one of those things that this idea isn't as far-fetched because you really don't want all the crap that the transhumanism um, agenda offers, you know? It's like, yeah, I'm not interested in that. It's, I'm just not. You know, we're going to go do something else. And so the participation in it is what I'm talking about. Maybe there's some sort of engagement to where it just kind of levels out, where there's just kind of an understanding. Okay, you guys feel this way. We feel this way. And that may be part of what I will, like this great reset and this ascension and all this stuff is all about. I, I mean, who knows? There's just a lot of energy that's being exchanged here. And like I said, I tend to lean a little bit more uh, – representing at least one part of Thomas here for the optimism. So I don't know. Well, <laughs> I appreciate you, that. <laughs> I love your perspective though, dude. And I, I absolutely love it. And yeah, we have no problem getting internet by the way. Actually it was a pain in the ass and you're absolutely right. We did the, we didn't want to do the satellite thing, but we do have a satellite dish that beams radio waves to a tower. That's right over here. that a bunch of vultures just sit on. And so <laughs> that's how we get our internet is via radio waves. Cause they do not run fiber optic cables out here, but there's another way. That's uh, an you're getting to the options. You know what I mean? You're getting that 5G shit hard then probably. A uh, little bit. Yeah. 5G tower went up um, not too far away, about half a mile away. So it's not horrible. But that's, I mean, that's not nothing compared to a city I mean, here in Orlando. Sure, there's, sure. We don't have there's all the 5Gs that are that. like, you know, surrounding you at, at every turn, essentially. Oh, yeah. A power line runs through my fucking property. I, I, I don't have a, <laughs> as much property as you do, Brandon. I've got like an acre and a quarter. Um, and the same deal, they had to run fiber optics up to my house. I'm not probably, I'm probably not nearly as far as you are, um, out of the city, but yeah, dude, same deal. I mean, it was a pain in the ass to get internet set up. Mm -hmm. I get pretty good internet. Like I, I have my issues every once in a while, but yeah, it's the same thing. But I think in the future, um, it, it will probably be more difficult to get internet out in the country because there are groups. I actually just recorded an episode before we started talking about the, the, uh, 1001 club. I don't know if you guys heard of this one and then the uh, mm -hmm. WWF the and not the not the Worldwide Wrestling uh, Federation but like the the WWF is a wildlife conservationist group and dude I mean it, obviously going back to Theodore Roosevelt and shit like that where you know at the turn of the 20th century dude everyone in high government like that started kind of drifting into like hey let's protect the the environment for some reason, it really started kicking off then. And then they start infiltrating third world leaders through this 1001 group. And they they kind of partner up with them and they buy land from them. What they really do is steal it, but they act like they're buying it. And then instead of you know protecting these black rhinos and these elephants, they're fucking hunting them. These people yeah. that are part of this high level group that pretend that they're protecting these endangered species go out there and hunt them. And from what I was looking into, they actually fucking hunt the fucking indigenous people that live there too. 
You know what I mean? It's wild shit. So, I mean, I, again, that's a, the 1001 group. Um, but I mean, you get people that are connected to the BCCI bank, um, the Pakistani, um, you know, bankers that started that CIA, Mossad, Opus Dei. I mean, it's a wild, wild uh, society, dude. And I, I'm trying to learn more about them. Um, but I mean, you, you can go through the groups and there's human traffickers. There's people that smuggle, smuggle, smuggled nuclear weapons. I mean, it's just a weird, weird deal, dude. But they act like they're all in the name of, uh, you know, nature and, and endangered species. But they could give a fuck about those things, dude. So they're going to what they're going to do is my point is they're going to take the land from people that live in the country later down the road, hopefully when we're all dead and gone. But they'll take the land act like they're they're trying to you know dig up you know gems and minerals and shit that are are very rare but then all that they're gonna do is they're gonna just isolate people out and uh do whatever the hell they want in that hey, hey brandon we found some unobtainium on your farm so we're gonna need you to yeah. move aside real quick <laughs> oh, exactly I've got, some, I've got some freedom pills and plenty of things to put <laughs> i disagree with you sir I, live, I do live in texas man yeah i mean i live in arizona it's the same deal here you know i got the same thing and I, like i said i don't think it'll happen hopefully not in our lifetime it's kind of looking like it might at this point but dude they're pushing I, I, closer and closer to this i stuff. don't see them coming physically but what i can see is them making it so that your land is uninhabitable right by certain yeah. combinations of chemicals right now yeah, yeah. You know, with That's stuff being the, sprayed. I mean, there's many ways they could do that to you to work you off your land also if they really want to. Because I don't yeah. think they're going to come door to door and try and fight because they know they have no shot. So they're going to come up with an alternate way to work around it. And, you know, think what, what they did to the natives. Right. Mm -hmm. How did they how did they attack that? And, and I think you're going to see similar patterns repeat because they're not original. I mean, we've, yeah. I think everybody on the show said it once, at least the show, that these people are not original. They have to use what we can provide to them. Right. And 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 that's their extent of their power. So here is here's the thing that I would started doing that um, I encourage everybody to do. So I just like to say it now. There's somebody going to be lis listening to this. It needs to hear it, which is why it needs to be said. So uh, how I've taken this now is I'm no longer a conspiracy theorist. I'm over my Paul Revere thing. This doesn't it's not effective. It doesn't do anything. And it's it's very toxic for me personally. And this is just my own opinion. So I am a lighthouse. If you want to talk about this stuff, I'm here. I put my show out and those that find it were meant to and all that good stuff. So uh, with this whole energy into the system thing it's it's kind of like if you just don't participate into it you don't have to do it but if you're looking at conspiracy conspiracies let's put it this way the reason i say i'm no longer a conspiracy theorist is because now i'm what charlie robinson refers to as a conspiracy analyst and how i take that term is to mean that you investigate what's going on dispassionately but where the optimism takes over in me is i put energy or actual energy into the thought that I'm not going to make it be what the lizard people want it to be. Because inevitably, if you're... One of the ways I think that this place is created by is that if those people motivate you to be scared and fearful, then you're scared and fearful, and they get what they want affected in physical reality. So they basically can only whisper in your ear, you're the one that's got to go do it. But if that's the case, then you're non-manipulatable, and you really are sovereign here, and I really believe in sovereignty. I honestly don't think anyone's going to get thrown on the ground and the needle shoved in their arm. I just don't. 
I think that those are manufactured artifacts of this place to make you feel like that that's an option because it's another way to manipulate your energy. Again, just kind of the way that I view things as of now. So it's a good way, it, for sure. Dispassionately, but you contribute energy into the positive things that you'd like to see. Think of it this way. Let's say that maybe for those people out there that get really wrapped up, in, and I only say this from because I did it for fucking years. I mean, over 20 years. I was the dude shooting, building, building seven videos to everybody and pissed off that no one thought Zeitgeist was as cool <laughs> as I did. So I get it. I get this. Uh, I really do. But the way that I've been looking at it lately is if this is the case, uh, then you really do have the power. So then just choose the thing that you really want, which is just tend your own garden. Take care of your family. Take care of your community. Uh, build the home you want. Don't dread what may happen. We have a saying in Texas, and it's don't go borrow in trouble. You know, don't go building bridges you're never going to cross, honey. So you're basically just worrying about shit that's probably not going to happen. And we can all think of this on even a micro level with ourselves where you play out all these scenarios in your head about how you're going to say this to someone or how this is going to play out. And fuck, none of it happens. Like, none of it. And so it's interesting that it, it, this seems to be the way this plays out. So I would say, just again to mention it, maybe just entertain pulling energy out of the fact that it sucks and it's shitty because it sucks and it's shitty and we know that but maybe it's one of those things that you just kind of flip the script on it a little bit if the inversion of reality is true then what you're supposed to get upset at entertain the thought of getting a positive feedback out of it somehow you basically just take that shit and you go you know what instead of your idea now that we know what you want us to create for you we're not going to do that and we're going to create this thing over here based on what you've already told us your game plan is because they have to do that. Again, when, when I zoom out, that's how I see it. That's what I I've, see. I've got a good practical exercise on, on how to kind of do that because it's some of that sounds really abstract to someone that might be like, you know, I'm stuck in this negative rut or I'm, I'm getting all worked up through fear and I'm, you know, thinking out the ways that it's going to play out that, that aren't really going to be like that. So a practical way that I've, I've found, may, again, this works for me, maybe not for everybody, but just kind of imagine that, um, you're watching yourself um, sort of like in a chair watching a big screen in like a movie theater and and that this version of you that's watching on the screen what they're seeing on the screen are all of these fears that they're kind of having and the fact that you're now this like third party watching yourself watching these fears it's this like double um, aspect of removal so like I'm twice removed from the situation and now you can think like well, if I wanted that person in the chair to stop being fearful and, and laugh, what do I show them on the screen? And in this way, you're kind of telling your own brain, like, you know, think of this other thing. But the fact that you're detached from it, it, it gives you so much more clarity and control over the situation. And, you know, this this one tiny little trick, and I'm literally saying, you know, if you find yourself in a rut or you're, you're getting worked up over something, you know, like you have to go into an interview or, you know, you're about to go and see your spouse and you're going to get bitched out for something or whatever. Just again, like imagine yourself watching it happen and then just kind of like changing the channel. And that'll give you so much more control that you might not have even kind of realized. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. I like that. Yeah, I love what you both oh, just said. Honestly, I mean, you, there was one thing, um, Brandon, you said that uh, Charlie, Charlie Robinson said, which I love. I love his show. And I, I think he's a great dude. He's really, really smart when it comes to this shit. Um, being a conspiracy analyst, meaning that you're looking at conspiracies without putting any emotion into them. Is that kind of the gist of that? How I take it is I 
I interpret it to say that whenever I look at conspiracies, I don't go, can you believe this? Because, yeah, I mean, of course, man. I mean, in my <laughs> mind, politics is just yeah. uh, wrestling. And the people that believe that wrestling is real, are the, in my mind, the people who believe that uh, politics is real. It's a Wait, wait, shirt. wait, wait. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, no, because I was just going to say, Again, I, this I is just, how I feel about it. I, I just don't feel like human beings are capable of doing that truly. I, I really don't think that you can look at any issue without putting your own emotion into it. Even if you feel like you're reporting on it or talking about it in a hundred percent neutral way, you're very, very subtly. Putting I feel like out, I could debate you I on that. You. Cause, I, can, I, think, I can teach you how. I think you could fully remove, like we, I did a, a show on the this with, uh, with Bootsy on the trivium, but if, if you would go by the kind of the rules of trivium where you break things into, I'm just going to look at the words right now. I'm going to deal. It's kind of this breakdown into input processing output and what, what we're talking about, if you want to remove all of your emotion and all of your bias from it, you just do it in those exact same steps. So you look at just the words being used and say, why was that word used in this sentence instead of this other word? And that kind of like yeah. helps you remove your bias from it. And then when you start getting to the logic, you have to do some real deep soul searching and kind of identify like, am I looking into this because I've got this preconceived notion and now I'm just like looking for anything that might match this notion or this fear or this, you know, this theory that I might be like searching for. You have to just completely remove that and just look at, here's the definition of the words. Do those words in this order make any sense? If so, then like, what's the outcome of that? It, it's not easy. I think some people spend their entire lives figuring out how to do it and still don't do it, but it's, I do think it's possible. Well, it's, I, it, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say it's that um, reticulating active reticulating activating system in your brain that makes you pattern seeking. And so, yes, if you think of a blue Tesla, you're going to see blue Teslas everywhere. But also sure. in the same respect, like if you take a model like that, instead of saying, well, shit, it sucks because I'm just going to keep thinking of this. You step back and say, you know what? Instead of seeing this, I'm going to see opportunities everywhere. It's a switch of energy. At first, though, you catch it. There's a great book um, guy I've had on the show uh, named Mel Schwartz. It's called The Possibility Principle. And he ties um, uh, quantum mechanics uh, type uh, philosophies into psychology and the way that the mind works and stuff. So if you can recognize your thoughts, you catch them. Uh, that's the first step. And when you catch them, sure. then you transmute them. That's that Tai Chi thing. And so you can do this. And basically what you do and how I would say to start would be to um, take whatever fear you have and ask yourself, instead of what's the worst thing that can happen, ask yourself, what's the best thing that can happen? It, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, yeah, I do that every day. Like for my job, I, I know deep down in my core, I hate my job. But when I wake up in the morning, I tell myself I get to go to work today because otherwise I wouldn't fucking go. If I was like, damn it, dude, I have to go to work. I say I get to go to work. You know what I mean? I saw so I'm familiar with yeah. that idea, but I'm just saying um, you, you know, we're talking a lot about energy and things right now. Right. So like, you know, as someone viewing someone talking about something, you know how they feel when they're talking about something. If you're in, in at all in tune to like what what's going on, you know what I mean? um you're in tune to someone like oh yeah this guy you know just because it's a current event the russia ukraine shit if you hear a reporter or you hear a friend talking about the whole situation going on and even if they seem very unbiased you can probably kind of pick up on where they line up with the whole thing whether they think it's all bullshit whether they think putin's an asshole whether they think Zelensky is an actor and a fake fucking asshole which he is well you know and unfortunately, Ryan, because of the way things are now, not only can you tell that, you could probably tell 
a good percentage of their beliefs just based yeah. on that one opinion politicized events yeah always. yeah so, so that's that's my point and like i said dude i love i love that idea of being a conspiracy analyst because um you know conspiracy theory is one of these terms that's been like kind of demonized over time um yeah. but you know it is one of those things where i just feel like dude it, it is one of those things that that's you're going to be partial one way or the other, I think. And I don't think that, at least for me, I, I can always kind of tell where someone falls on the line uh, when it comes to conspiracies. You know what I mean? And I talk about them all the time. So, yeah, I love your you know, shirt, right. brother. Conspiracy realist. You know, you're just, yeah. you, you, it, oh, yeah. it is what it is. And I yeah, don't I do. disagree. And there's, there's there's no delusional thinking wrapped up into what I'm saying. So it, it wouldn't be like you basically like uh, one of the things that people stumble at whenever it comes to manifestation would be that you have to fake it till you make it basically or whenever you get to the point in the process where you you start to understand that um it's your feelings that create the reality not the things you want because it's not really the money that you want it's the feeling of having the freedom so you focus on freedom so anyway it's this whole process but you fuck it up a lot a lot and you have to it, it's part of this um this structure, the system here, just like our ego structures that surround us when from birth, like your, uh, you know, uh, education, religion, all of these things are necessary for survival in this place. And then you kind of discover, you know, and it's this beautiful kind of tapestry that you can look at like that. Um, to the uh, conspiracy part of it, you look at things from different levels, right? So to be, I've got a wonderful reference. I'd, I'd kind of like to break down here since we're on the vein, if you guys don't mind talking about this kind of stuff. But uh, it's basically because you're viewing it, you view, view things from a different perspective. So this is what this 3rd D, 4th D, 5D thing is all about. Have you guys heard of that? Mm -hmm. Yep. That Dolores Cannon idea? Okay. So the way that I've come to understand it is Dolores Cannon kind of, uh, you know, fantasizes it to where a lot of people think it's going to be some portal and like some, you know, bad people are going to stay here on the old earth because it's shitty and smells like farts. And then, you know, the cool people are going to go to the fifth dimension and some portals going to open up. I don't think it's going to be anything like so that. Like, I think like a rapture almost. And thank you. Yeah. This is exactly what I said. It has a lot of tones of religion in it, doesn't it? You know, these people are going to go here and it's bad and they're going to go here and it's good because you made the right choice because you rubbed the right crystal for five hours a day. So um, I kind of get lost in a little bit of the woo-woo. I definitely identify more as spiritual, but I get lost in the woo-woo. So a good way to look at it is simply perception. Okay. So let's say that you look at the world from a 3D perspective. From the 3D you will see a plane flying overhead and spraying some shit behind it. And you'll go... What is that? That's crazy. And somebody, you'll hear some guy with a sign telling you that, you know, a building to look into Building 7. That's just what it says in Google Building 7. And he'll be going, that's a chemtrail and the government's trying to kill you. And they'll go, what? And so they may even take it to the point of Googling it. But these fluorinated people, this is going to be the 80% we're talking about. That's the third dimension. But it's just a perception. It's got to do with the lenses you view the world through. <clears throat> so you may Google this thing and you'll come up with an answer from the government uh, and that's not misinformation and it'll say, oh yeah, those are contrails. Those are just a thing that naturally happens when water condenses behind an arid atmosphere and that's how that works. And then they'll go, oh cool, my official source that I completely <laughs> trust because there's no reason for me not to and I can't see any other reason not to because I can't you don't I only read at a third dimension level okay well, and because they also here. they just googled what's a chemtrail they didn't google what is chaff or why is there barium in contrails and you know they the more specific details questions. yeah yeah right they, they can't even ask it <laughs> yeah. this is the equivalent of you explaining your mortgage and the economic system to your three-year-old 
you can't they can't see it and no amount of screaming at them is going to make them see it so then you move up to the fourth dimension which is where you find yourself whenever you realize that they are chemtrails and that your government's been doing this for a long time and then you look at harp and then you look at all kinds of crazy shit you go find matt uh matt landman's video um Frankenskies, you click on that bitch and you're like, oh my God. And so, uh, and then you realize it. Well, there's a lot of fear and a lot of truth in the fourth dimension because it's a perception. You see things now as they, the truth of what they are, and it scares the shit out of you because you have to wake everyone up. Now you're the dude uh, with the thing that says Google Building 7, and then you've got the chemtrail. You're yelling at 3D people that it's a chemtrail, and they're saying, fuck and you're off. You're the, the street preacher that's that's preaching to everybody, it. right? Yeah. <laughs> that's the fourth dimension. And this is why in the Dolores Cannon um, recounts uh, from all of her patients, they really skip over the fourth. It's this whole thing about 3D to 5D, like, eh, don't worry about fourth. You know, the yada, yada, yada over the fourth dimension, but this is why, because it's very, very dense, and it's heavily energetic, but it's very fear-based, because you wake up to a lot of truths, you're so disoriented, and it's a scary place to be. So after that, you get to the conspiracy analyst's part, and this is what I mean about removing your energy. From the fifth dimension, having gone through all of them, you see the chemtrails, you see the things going on, but you do not contribute any of your energy into it, because you realize from the fifth dimension, number one, that there is no such thing as problems, only opportunities. And number two, that your attention is your most valuable currency here. That's all you have. That is where your energy is going, is what you're focused on. And you have the right to turn the goddamn TV off and go walk around barefoot in the grass rather than listening to somebody that only wants you scared and afraid. Yeah. And it's is amazing it you time? say that because Owen Benjamin was talking about a similar thing today. And he said, listen, he goes, I could get, he goes, I know chemtrails exist, but I'm not going to mm -hmm. do anything about them. So I'm not going to invest any energy into it. He goes, I yeah. know certain things happen. He goes, but there's nothing I can do. Now, what can I do? I can grow food and help against any food shortages or, or things like that. And, you know, I can manage my area and do things like that. And I was like, okay, that's a very interesting way to think about it. Because I think a lot of us in the conspiracy realm throw our energy in wrong directions not in, you know not nefariously but wasting it because it's not going to do anything in the end you know you just keep beating that yeah. same thing over and over again and it's like eventually okay you got to either move on or you're going to get consumed by it it well, and I hate to be the cynical one here. I'm just saying like the, the, the chemtrail stuff is kind of old news at this point. Right. So like when people are talking about those, maybe like Owen Benjamin doesn't care about that too much. And he's talking about growing food, but then if chemtrails are being sprayed and they're fucking with the atmosphere, they're not going to be able to grow food properly. So, you know, I, it, I, I hate to just like say like, dude, I think that with conspiracy theories, there's a lot of fads. There's a lot of things that people all at the same time get into for some reason right now a lot of it's spiritual that's just what i see from someone that's that that looks into this stuff and yeah i look into secret secret societies that's mostly the stuff that i look into i can't do a damn thing about these societies they're powerful they've been powerful since the beginning of time and they're going to be powerful after i'm gone but they're interesting to me so i i guess like to your analogy that's where i put my interest in um, yeah. You know, I'm spending time looking into them. I consider that a currency as well. Absolutely. Um, you know, it, it's just interesting that um, kind of all at the same time, the conspiracy community as a whole tends to look into the same shit 
all at the same time. Like one of the original things was chemtrails, right? Then it was 9-11 after 9-11 happened. Right now, we kind of like got sucked into that during this episode right now. It's Ukraine. It's World War III. That's the new thing that a lot of people are talking about. But at the same time, I feel like spirituality has been one of these things, this new age religion, which, you know, it's kind of old at this point, right? It's been around forever. Um, there's a lot of people talking about it, dude. You know what I mean? So, and it's just, it, to me, I get suspicious when everyone's talking about the same things. Not that everyone's a psyop. I'm not going that far. I just, it's like, dude, like what's making us think about this stuff? You know what I mean? And, and why is, why is spirituality important when, I don't know. I heard some funny theory that like everyone goes to heaven. If heaven's real, everyone goes there. And then like you get like recycled or reincarnated or something. You know what I mean? So like Hitler could be right next to like the most pure person that you've ever fucking met at, in, in heaven. And then we all just get like recycled back. You know what I mean? It's just like no one knows what the fuck happens after we're done here. And so um, I, I find spirituality kind of an interesting topic um, in the way that I, I'm personally, I'm not interested in it. I, I respect people that are very interested in it because it's an interesting thing. And I, I get it, you know, ties in with Zodiac stuff, ties in with crystals, ties in with God, ties in with the universe, ties in with everything, literally. Um, but yeah, man, I, I don't know. I, I'm rambling, I know, but it's just an, it's an interesting <laughs> topic to me. That Well, I feel like it's, it's such a nebulous and abstract thing that I don't think anyone will ever be able to prove that they know the answer, but therefore... Sure anyone can be a fucking expert in it you know what i mean like you yeah, can claim yeah. you can write all the books in the world and no one can necessarily prove you wrong um because it's it's this ethereal sort of subject matter if, if you just tap into something that someone else agrees with and you get enough people that like what you're saying now all of a sudden you're an expert in this you know this ineffable field almost and it's fun are, it's a fun thing to learn about sheeple are in all areas so it's not like once you choose to go down a spiritual path you can't be led astray by someone that's claiming to channel your grandma you know and there's still going to (laughs) be an element of the skill of discernment that you have to navigate through here in all structures even your marriage all structures so even your most sacred thing even uh, especially relationships with yourself and that's when you really see the world changes when you do that now to what you said ryan i nailed it and it was a awesome thing i'm grateful that you said it in that way man um because i completely respect that because i feel the exact same way in a lot of ways the new age uh movement and this woo woo stuff you know seems like superstition with more steps it just, in my mind, the way that I look at it with the way that people have changed their lives with things like plant medicine ceremonies, which I am a psychonaut. I am all about psychedelics. Sure. Uh, but yeah. not in a, you know, uh, you can, you know, let's bang everybody's wives, kind of a hippie commune kind of a thing. You know, there's the boundaries when necessary, but can be flexible when appropriate. So there's a lot that goes into something that I would just term raising your consciousness you don't even have to put any woo-woo into it because i'm not i don't experience woo-woo i will say this i look into ufos uh like i said crazy stuff the craziest stuff i've uh, experienced are when i embarked on psychedelic journeys and chose that for myself so as far as this like well i talked to mark archangel michael and he told me i don't i don't resonate with that i do Mm, not see that as something that benefits me at all but what i will say for that community is these are people who because they'll hold 
a little piece of amethyst. You know, my wife gave me this, which is why I like it. Uh, they'll hold this, and then they'll quit drinking alcohol, and they'll be the first one in their family to do it. And it's because of this. Now, is it because there's magical powers in this rock? Mm -hmm. No, it's because the placebo effect is one of the most powerful goddamn things on this place, and we don't talk about it enough. And so if holding this rock, you know, cures someone of alcoholism, which makes them stop beating their family, I'm all about it. I'll open a rock shop tomorrow. And it's non-medicated. You're not, you know, shoving opium in somebody's face. It's 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 way more psychologically healthy, which is what you really repair when you go down something like spirituality. Yeah. It seems that anything else offered here uh, has a numbing agent to it that requires you to detach from authenticity uh, to be a part of that system. And anything that asks you to do that, I'm not a fan of, especially one that's saying that Archangel Michael's telling him stuff, well, that detaches from my authenticity. I do not resonate with it. I'm with you, dude. A lot of it's a fucking yeah. turnoff. But oh, what it sure. does offer is an opportunity for psych true psychological change. When you talk about NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, these are uh, patternistic psychological profiles that people can notably change, and you do it through the pattern of some spiritual things like uh, 369 practice. You write, like... Uh, waterfalls are dope three times in the morning six times at you know noon and what it does is it reprograms your subconscious this is science at this point now we're talking quantum physics with you healing intergenerational trauma by discovering your past lives well that's talking about what Niels Bohr uh, was talking about with the um, quantum entanglement spooky action at a distance you can heal other realities because you heal yourself in this one and that's just science yeah you know, Wu talks about this unity consciousness which yes, I'm a fan of. Like ideologically, I'm a fan of it, but it's I'm I'm with you, brother. I I completely agree. And even though it's a topic I I dive quite a bit into, I've gone that and then kind of leveled back off to where I was like, hang on, you know, this is where I feel more comfortable. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. So no. Crazy. And and yeah, you you said it really well that you know different things work for different people. You know, someone that picks up that amethyst will get cured from alcoholism. Um, yeah that that could be a very fragile thing and and sobriety often is a, a fragile thing for people no matter what i mean i think it's more the problem rather than the solution that is is the 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 really the thing that really resonates right so like because i could i could give someone a stone and say hey this stone makes you drink it cancels out that amethyst yeah. and then and then they're drinking <laughs> I, again you know what i mean i hear you i i hear you and there are I don't want to say rules, but there are understandings that you come to with this, just like the unity consciousness thing. That's a tough sure. one, man, because you, you talk about that. Then, yes, Hitler did go to heaven. And basically, there's no fucking rules here. And basically, you're just here as an individuated expression of source consciousness. Well, even harder to wrap your head around if in it's... unity principle, you are Hitler. <laughs> you exactly. Know? Yeah. Like, oh, dude, yeah. You, yeah. you want you're mind fucking... fuck? Go, go watch <laughs> the, the video YouTube titled The Egg. It's like eight minutes long. It's called The Egg, and it'll be the biggest mind fuck you're like. You will never look at the world the same. And it basically just says that you're everything here. You're all yeah. that there is and that there's nothing else. So in this way, yeah, you're... You're that. And so this whole like they and they and they and they, this is that fifth dimension thing. Whenever you get there, you kind of look at the world. Maybe it's real or not. It doesn't matter. You view the world through the lens that you're all part of this and that yeah. the lizard turds, when they said, hey, lockdowns, you're like, hell yeah. The opportunity in that is shadow work. Now you can go home and you know uh, get to know yourself better, get to know your family, uh, deal with some shit that's happened that is keeping you stagnant and numbing your existence You know, and detaching from everything. Uh, it gave people an opportunity to realize passions that they'd wanted to do. I've had so many people on the show writing their first book because of COVID. They were like, dude, I just sat down and wrote my first book. Some of the most amazing people with the most incredible ideas came out of that. So it's mm -hmm. opportunity. 
You know what I mean? That's that's just the lenses I view this place. Through. How many podcasts were born out of COVID? You oh, know, dude, think about it, that. It, it had to have spiked. Because oh. when you wanted a piece of gear, you know, to replace something, you're like, what the fuck is all the, you know, sure SM7Bs? And they're like, hey, we're totally out. I'm like, why? Because like, everybody's starting a goddamn podcast. I'm like, good. That's amazing. Now I have more people to exchange ideas with. I'll find a mic. It's no big deal. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's crazy, man. It's an interesting place, dude. This whole place, you know what I mean? And this time, I mean, but there is reason energetically that things are shifting this way. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in the solar system, which does play scientific measurable effects on the Schumann resonance or the frequency of the planet when the heavenly bodies are in certain positions. But the ancients knew this just by staring at them, you know, a long fucking time ago. So all of it kind of ties in. And even these psycho turds, man, I mean, millionaires don't use astrologers, but billionaires and every single president has had an astrologer. Quote by JP Morgan. I, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, dude. I mean, yeah, I talked about that recently, man. Yeah, I, you, I, you've I, been big into Pluto lately, Ryan, right? Yeah, the return. Pluto right. shit's fucking weird, dude. And that like, I don't wild, buy this stuff right? clearly. I don't buy any of this shit, but like that Pluto shit is fucking weird. You know what I mean? But Ryan, and hey, I'm not saying you don't have to believe it, but you have to see that there are patterns to it, right? Like that's, I, that's I it. I'm I'm hit or miss that's on it. that stuff, but at what I keep seeing consistently is things that follow patterns that match or are or, or, or in congruence with, right? Well, my thing, and I said it in the episode, I said that like, you know, if, if we are in some sort of simulation, which I actually don't believe myself, but if someone is running our reality, and I would think that these would be these globalist elites, right? These bureaucratic pieces of shit that are, that are controlling things, their ancestors were these people that were staring at the stars nonstop and they passed down this rule book to them. And they're like, Hey, every time this planet called, you know, Saturn was the farthest that they knew at that time, Pluto is the son of Saturn. So, you know, Saturn comes uh, around. They're like, okay, this shit's going to happen. This is where the 27 club comes from because Saturn is in your Zodiac from 27 to 29. Right. And then that's why, you know, it, it expands out to Pluto and that goes around every 248 years. And we're, we're right now we're crossing that for the first time as a nation. And, um, you know, if, if these elites that are in control today have the ancestors that were in control of, you know, yesterday, so to speak, they would be like, Hey, this is the time to cause some chaos is, is every 248 years. And it's happened before and it might happen again, man. We'll see. Yeah, you know I, I mean? love that. I mean, it, it makes me remember the uh, Mel Gibson movie, the apocalypto where yeah, dude, these, that's a great these high priests, like they understood that there would be this, uh, this, this solar eclipse. Um, and since they knew exactly when it would happen, they kind of convinced everyone that they were going to take the sun away and that only if they, you know, did these certain things, they'd give the sun back. Um, yeah. I'm sure that's that's a much more simplified version, but there could very well be what we would all consider magic, which is really just knowledge and technology that's kind of being obscured from everybody. And then it's sure. being like, you know, used as magic or just used as this this unseen hand, you know, of force. Like like you mentioned, like maybe, you know, when uh, Mercury goes in retrograde, there's like an actual um, psychological impact that some people actually know. And they just happen to be working at, you know, cnn or something or, or working it at mattel and pumping out a new toy and the idea of the lunatic right i mean well, that's, that comes from the moon yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's interesting you said that because i uh i was passing around this uh little steampunk video i found on youtube i think it's called uh airships of aria or something like that 
But one of the things they talk about in there is they have, it's crazy because they have this thing that looks like the tower of Babylon and they call it the machine and the machine controls everything. Well, when they're getting around to it, the way they want to get destroy the machine is they have to get in and, and, and take the pieces out. Right. And it's a giant cog, but in the whole thing of the, uh, uh, oh shit, I lost my point. Damn it. They were going Air, airship with, area. Yeah. They were talking about, Oh, the moon. They were talking about how their only way to counter instead of overtaking, they were going to overtake the machine. And then they, what they were going to do with it is they were going to use it to pull the moon out of its orbit. And that would change everything. Mm-hmm. So it was very interesting to see the tie with the moon and with uh, steampunk, old world, Babylon. Like there's all there, there's definitely something there. And, and isn't that and a whole the, show, Matt? It, no, it's like a 15 minute uh, uh, short clip. Uh, that oh, they, I thought that was did. a TV show. Yeah, no, it's like a 15 minute. I was hoping it was like a movie and then I found it and it's just a short but it's a hell of a short man. It's on YouTube. Yeah. It's called our ships of Aria, A I R I A. And uh, yeah, it's, it's really cool. Got some amazing uh, airships in it and some really cool scenery, but interesting kind of a dick tease at 15 minutes, you know? Yeah. No shit. Have you ever heard of the Sonora Aero club from the mid 1800s? No, no. What's the Charles Delshaw and all that? Oh my God, it's so cool. So it's basically the idea that there was a breakaway civilization that had high technology in the mid 1800s, and that um, they kind of are the precursor to the secret space program. It's so cool. But they built Ooh. these dirigibles, and there's there's this guy named Charles A. A. Delshaw, uh, and this guy named Dennis Crenshaw wrote a book about it. Um, and it's fascinating, man. It's such a cool story. And how he had all these drawings, and there's these stories. I mean, the book opens up with a story and account of how this airship landed, and it had like electricity and shit when it should not have, and like all this crazy technology. And it was a dirigible, but it was crazily designed, and the they were so different. And there were hundreds of drawings this guy made, and it's fascinating. It's a really, really interesting topic. So when you th- think of like steampunk and dirigibles and stuff like that, that's what I think about. Is that's a, a topic era, that's bro. just fascinating. You should you know that topic, dude. Oof. You would kill that topic. Oh, I'm getting. Have you I, seen I, 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 that's, work? that's what Davey said too. Davey's like, you got to dig it, and I'm like, I'm gonna get to it eventually because it's, it's, but it's one of those I where I, you know, thinking about it just now, not having dug into it, I'm like, where does it fit into a timeline, right? Where does this whole steampunk fit into what we've been told? Where could it have been erased? Uh, there's just so well, many the roots process. of this in, in a much in like Jules Verne, right? Um, yeah. Around the world and and um, twenty thousand leagues under the sea. Yep. That was sort of the the birthplace of that the whole steambug genre. Yeah, yeah, and it's like okay, these ideas don't come out of nowhere. What what era inspired this? Because you look at some of these, and I mean, even in this one, it was great because the airships shot out these little like uh, almost like kamikaze bombers. And that these people were manning, you know, and it was it was all just so wild. But, you know, I think about all that steampunk stuff and I'm like, it, it's almost too real not to have existed. You know, well, it, it's so easy for us too to think today, like how, you know, technologically advanced we are. And and people mention like, oh, the ancients and they had technology and it's been lost. And, you know, how like the pyramids were built. That was kind of lost technology. Um, but we're just talking about Victorian age, you know, and and like what uh, Ryan mentioned before, too, on the whole like 
um, the, the new age movement. If you look in the 1920s and in the 1820s, they all had very, very strong new age movements that would probably rival ours as well. And the sort of uh, technology they were thinking about and flying cars and the, um, you know, bringing 20,000 leagues under the sea and all the technology involved, like these were very far advanced ideas that we're still just catching up with, you know, like all of the yeah. things that Nikola Tesla was working on, we're still trying to wrap our heads around what he was actually working on. And if it weren't for the blueprints and some of the studies that he wrote behind, and that's almost the same for every sort of invention in human history. If you can imagine how much less technology and advanced we'd be, if just one dude forgot to translate a book that he found in German, you know, 500 years ago, we would be missing huge gaps of, of tech here and it was Latin, just coming from right? people's brains think about yeah, latin thomas how that throws a whole monkey wrench into things because so much important information is written in latin and so few know how to translate it and, and a lot of what we have now like what we know about architecture right from like the Ves vesuvius um or the the um the research that he did was translated from Latin into German and then uh, lost for four or 500 years. And then someone came across it and then translated that back into kind of like modern English. And if, if these people didn't do this, and this plays out thousands and thousands of times, we wouldn't have things like anesthetic or architecture as we know it, or, you know, even like the, the combustion engine. A lot of these things could have just been lost to someone not translating it back over. And I, I tend to think that we might have like 5% or 10% generously of all of the really impressive innovations that humans have come up with. And we're missing a huge chunk of that 80%. And a lot of the things that we do now are kind of based on principles like Pythagorean theorem, right? It's integrated yeah. in almost every engineering project that you can name. Um, but to try and trace back who actually you know, discovered that or found it for the first time, it's almost impossible. And there could be so many of those things that someone discovered and just didn't catch on. And now we don't know anything about it. Well, it's like we only use 10% of our brain, right? I mean, well, what's that, that true other... though? Yeah, well, yeah, no, that's, that's, true. that's, <laughs> that's what yeah. I'm saying. That, that whole, it's the same concept that, you know, we sure. only, we're only touching the surface. But well, it, then, it, how much shit is lied about and suppressed now? I mean, of course, they've been doing that since the beginning of time. So we don't even have a real history. That's what alternative history is all about, Matt. That's like your whole thing. Yep. It's a deception. And so, again, it's an inversion of reality. It's like, oh, OK, this is what you're telling me. So let's go find out what it really is. You know? Yeah. And if you can't tell if up is down and down is up, how are you going to know which direction you want to go in? And that's where we run into with this whole timeline stuff is that they just they let you think you're you're on the right path and then they just throw speed bumps out there like okay we're gonna throw some grenades in the road see how they react wow. to it and and it's just constant manipulation and but what they've been able to do is consistently over time eventually uh manipulate enough of it now the problem is the internet has created a huge problem for them because records don't aren't aren't as easily dismissed or, or gotten rid of anymore um once you maybe unless, some, unless you compare google now to google you know 15 20 years ago well, yeah i mean but general even searches. Still, you can still go catch some stuff in the Wayback machine right i mean you can you can go into there and find some stuff that that has been I, would, I would say on the other end of that coin though um which the, the part that scares me the most is that 
if people can't find it on the Wayback Machine or they can't find it on Google, now all of a sudden, like the lack of that information being readily available is somehow proof of it not being true. And yeah. then true. the only things that you can bring up as truth are things you can find on Google, which is fucking scary because now they've got a monopoly on, you know, the truth just by omitting things. Well, and what they've also they've also done is they've manipulated stories on the fly, right? They'll they'll manipulate a story from six months ago and never put any note in it that says this story has been changed, updated from its original content. And and that's where the deception comes in. And and you're right. You're absolutely right, Thomas. Could you imagine if you had the power, right? If if there was a transcript of everything you've ever said, but you personally had the power to go back and like edit out anything that was stupid or like anything yeah, you I were fucked wrong over about that girl right. i shouldn't have done yeah. that that was my bad you know oh man it's I- just it's this uh it's it's almost impossible for me to kind of conceptualize that amount of power that i could just make anything i've ever said to be the truth um retroactively it's they get I webster to change it. the definition of words dude yep. yeah you know what i mean yeah yeah so yeah no that is a uh, yeah you can't a logical person just can't understand that that level of power that, that was a really good example too when i when i was looking into research on the trivium there was all these claims that the word uh trivial um somehow came from the word trivium which wasn't true at all but if you looked in the webster's dictionary definition it actually used trivia as one of the examples of you know trivium in the etymology roots and the and the guy i was reading about he like he went on this full you know rampage and i guess he knew someone that worked at webster dictionary and he and he got in contact with them and the guy that he talked to was like oh yeah of course not you know and he was um trivia has nothing to do with trivium and turns out he was like well open up the fucking dictionary because it's right there printed so even the guys working and and editing the dictionary you know, there's just so much. It's like this chaos of information that yeah. anything can go. If you can just sneak, it's like a the stealth Wikipedia. edit in Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah. If, if I can just stealth edit in there and make it sound like some crazy fact, as long as it's in there for long enough, people are going to be citing that in their book reports. And, you know, they'll be thinking back five, 10 years from now. No, no, I know what the truth is. I wrote a book report on that <laughs> when I was in seventh grade or whatever. And it's like ingrained in their head. But it's this, you know, this falsity. It's an yep, idea yeah. of like an impartial uh, jury or something. Whenever something comes out and they're like, oh, this man probably raped and killed his family, you do not get a fair trial. Everyone's made their mind up. Now, think about if that guy's acquitted of it and they actually found out it was someone else completely. How's that guy going to get a job? You know, what's what's going to go on? People made their minds up based on just an information that was blanketed out there. It's a snapshot impression, and they do it on purpose. And that whole like, oh, the jury will strike that from your mind thing. Yeah. How? That's how, the concept of like the headline attraction, right? Forget it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the, they'll Many do like a front style. page headline and then they'll they'll uh, retract it like three weeks later, but they'll put it on like page nine and 10 point font, right? There you go. Yeah. Yep. If, yeah. If, imagine if, having that power. I, if I they can't even do it at all. Mortgage on time. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. But oh, on that note, well, dude, I need to get out of here. Yeah. I was just going to say, guys, I've kept you way too long tonight, but uh let's just uh plug our stuff real quick and get out of here uh ryan i'll let you go first thanks man and yeah no super fun uh this was a great conversation i mean this i I think uh four different widely different perspectives um so that's kind of cool man you know we didn't uh agree on everything and we didn't disagree on everything and and imagine it was civil that's fucking crazy right i mean no one argued no one called anyone any names that was pretty cool 
Um, <laughs> I love you even more now. Like it's clarity <laughs> over agreement. That's what we're going for. Clarity yeah. over agreement. We could just be clear with each other. We don't have to fucking agree. And I still love all of you boys. See? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I just met you. So I mean, that's that's awesome, man. So um, yeah. So Ryan Dean, uh, Dangerous World Podcast. Find me on Patreon, uh, DangerousWorldStore.com. Find me on YouTube now. Uh, anywhere podcasts are listened to. That's it. Always fun, Matt. Such a good time. This was a, one of the better ones, I think, man. Yes, this was a good one. Thank you for joining us. Thomas, Always. where can we find all of your amazing work? So go to paranoidamerican.com and you can read a majority of um, my previously published comics for free. And then all the new stuff you can find on Amazon. Just go Paranoid American on Amazon. I've got coloring books. I've got a, a children's book about chemtrails. I'm glad that topic came up. Uh, it's like a, it's a 48 page fully illustrated children's book that breaks down the the science behind contrails versus chemtrails, all the various conspiracy theories, uh, everything. So plug it yeah, one I'll, more I'll, time. I got my pen. Plug it one more time. What you got? It, it's called Connect the Dots: The Confounding Conspiracy of Chemtrails, okay. and it's basically written as like a, a magic school bus uh, parody. And they they you know investigate the concept of chemtrails, and they use the astral projection realm to go and figure out like how to shrink down to you know molecular size and <laughs> yeah, watch no. things happen at like a chemical level. And so that that's one of the examples. I've got uh, comic books about time travel and fighting the Illuminati. I've got uh, some co coloring books that came out. Just take a look at all the different stuff. I'm hoping to kind of capture everyone's from you know imagination from some angle, and then the. The next big one that'll probably be a, a year out, but I'm working on a book on adrenochrome. I was very uh, underwhelmed with the amount of true information about adrenochrome out there that wasn't just fully focused on pop culture or sort of like modern conspiracy theories. So I've been doing a crazy deep dive. So look out eventually for a book that um, I think it's going to be called Adrenochrome Unveiled. Dope. Excellent. Uh, yeah. Damn. And last but not least... Brandon, where can we find all your work? Guys, first of all, thank you so much. This was amazing. I uh, appreciate everyone listening, but thank you, gentlemen. This was wonderful. I'm grateful. We bonded. Uh, boys, you know, we'll get you on. Um, thank you so much again. So, expandingrealitypodcast.com. That's where everything's at. Uh, Rockfin links over there. Um, all the Too Hot for YouTube stuff, the stuff I don't even put up on YouTube because why bother? Uh, and so and it's all free. Uh, we replay the lives that we do on Rockfin over there as well. And then uh, that's where merch and all the socials and stuff link through there. So expandingrealitypodcast.com. Come check it out. We got some cool shit going on. Matt, you've been on. You had a good time? Oh, it was a blast, man. I can't wait to do it again. Fun. It was, you were it great. Was a I was great showing show. my wife your stuff, and she, I Googled Starforts for it, and she was like, what is this? I go, babe, <laughs> this is who I had on. Hell I yeah. video up, and she was like, this is amazing. We were on our way out to go to her birthday dinner and she's sitting here in the studio, like, <laughs> like just watching your, your presentation. So that'll be out uh, soon, man. I'm a little backed up, but anyway, thank you guys again. I really do appreciate this. this oh, awesome. thank you all. Definitely. I, I appreciate it. And uh, you can find all my stuff at the great deception podcast, Instagram, YouTube, any podcast platform, bitch, shoot odyssey, you know, just Google it. You'll find it. Um, and with that said, gentlemen, thank you again so much. Like this was one of the better Monday Night Master debaters. We'll have to do it again sometime. Everyone stay strong, stay safe and question everything.